When it comes to reading the Bible, one really important point of biblical interpretation to keep in mind is to never read into the text something which is not actually supported by the text. And one particular gospel story which really helps to illustrate this particular point is found in the Gospel of Luke chapter 18, the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. So as a matter of background, the story begins by telling us about this Pharisee who does all sorts of externally good religious things. So he prays long prayers, he tithes, right? He visits the temple on a regular basis. And in contrast to this Pharisee, who again prides himself on his many good works, here in contrast is this poor tax collector who beats his breast and doesn't even feel like he can look up to heaven, so filled is he with a sense of shame and regret for his wrongdoing. But again, to go back to our original point, a common misunderstanding when it comes to this particular gospel is to read something into the text which is not actually supported by the text. And so, for example, I think a lot of people will look at this particular story and suggest that the two characters involved in the story, again, the Pharisee and the tax collector, they're basically being dishonest. And so from this perspective, the Pharisee isn't really all that good and the tax collector isn't really all that bad, but instead they're actually being dishonest, such that there's a certain disconnect between what they say and how they're actually living their lives. And so given all that, from this particular perspective, it would seem to be that the takeaway message when it comes to this particular gospel is to simply not be dishonest, but instead to be humble in the sense of resting in the truth of who you actually are. Whereas in reality, even though it might sound kind of strange, an important prerequisite to understanding what the gospel is actually saying is to take both these characters at face value. And so, yeah, the Pharisee is doing all sorts of externally good things. He is saying long prayers. He is tithing. He is visiting the temple. And in contrast, the tax collector really is tax collecting. So he's really doing something which he honestly should not be doing. And so given all that, the takeaway message when it comes to the gospel is not simply to be dishonest, but it actually runs a little bit deeper. Now that said, before we get to the actual point of the story, perhaps it might be kind of helpful to revisit, as a matter of background, the mission of the Holy Catholic Church. And so when we go back to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, what we hear basically is that the mission of the Holy Catholic Church is to make disciples of all nations, right? Mindful of the fact that the whole point of discipleship is to become like the Master, to become like the Rabbi, to become another Christ in this world. And what's more, once we realize that God is love, as we hear in 1 John chapter 4, we realize that the whole goal of discipleship on a deeper level is actually to become persons of love and everything that implies. And so basically, all of us as a Christian people, we're called to build our lives around the principle of sacrificial love, making a habitual gift of ourselves for the sake of the other. Mindful of the fact that in the words of John Paul II, our being actually increases insofar as we freely choose to give of ourselves to the point of sacrifice for the sake of God and for the sake of other people. But you see, hold that thought now and go back to the gospel. Again, the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And so, yeah, the Pharisee is doing all sorts of externally good things, right? He's praying, he's tithing, again, he's visiting the temple. But clearly something is missing, right? And so basically, if you think about it, what's missing is empathy. What's missing is humility. What's missing is compassion. And you know that based on how he treats the tax collector or how he looks down on the tax collector. Thank God I'm not like this pathetic tax collector. So at the end of the day, what's he missing? He's missing love. And of course, that finally brings us to the ultimate point of the gospel, which is basically to say this. Even though it sounds kind of strange, it's really possible to engage in all sorts of various forms of religious practice, like saying our prayers, going to mass, participating in parish groups and events, while at the same time not allowing these things to really penetrate our hearts to transform us to become persons of love. 
And the whole point is that when we miss the mark so badly, that's not an incidental thing because in reality, we're actually frustrating our participation in the mission of the Holy Catholic Church, which again is to make disciples of all nations beginning with ourselves. And if we don't become ourselves persons of love, then what are we doing? Okay, now that said, I think it's really important for us to kind of clarify this point that if you're hearing this now and you're listening to the underlying point of this gospel story, the Pharisee and the tax collector, and you feel convicted in your heart in terms of your own kind of hypocrisy, it's important to kind of realize that the remedy or the solution is to not simply descend into dishonesty. And, you know, quite honestly, I think a lot of people do think that's the solution. Again, to be dishonest, to pretend that I'm actually worse than I actually am. And you find this, for example, funny enough, when it comes to the sacrament of confession, right? And so, again, even though it sounds kind of strange and funny, a lot of people sometimes will go to confession and they have difficulty thinking of sins to bring up in the context of the sacrament for a whole variety of reasons. In response to which, though, they'll, they'll make up sins, right? Make up and bring up sins in the context of the sacrament, which actually don't correspond to what they've done and what they've actually failed to do, thinking that somehow that's, that's pleasing to the Lord, whereas in reality, they're actually kind of being dishonest. And so given all that, again, perhaps I might suggest that the real solution, if you will, is not so much to be dishonest, but instead to receive everything as a gift. And you see, the whole point is that if you approach life in this way, again, constantly being mindful that everything you have is very much a gift given to you by the Lord, you will never be puffed up with pride and you will never look down on your neighbor, but instead you will receive every single moment with gratitude, wonder, and thanks. One final example, and I'll kind of end with this. And so I remember back in the day when I was still kind of starting off in the spiritual life, um, seeing a spiritual director, right? So it was a priest I would meet like once a month for spiritual direction. And recurringly, he would ask me about what he called the plan of life, right? And what he meant by that was, you know, are you saying your prayers? Are you going to mass? Are you going to confession on a regular basis? And so on and so forth. And certainly in retrospect, I can appreciate and understand what he was trying to get at, right? Because the reality is you can't really make great advances in the spiritual life if you don't actually have a regular habit of personal prayer and a regular immersion in the sacramental life of the Holy Catholic Church. So hopefully that goes without saying. But you know, that said, I've since learned to take a more nuanced and textured approach when it comes to the so-called plan of life. And so now, after years of being a Catholic and years of being a Catholic priest, I now think of the plan of life sort of like this, mindful of the fact that, again, we have entered into this life having nothing, being entitled to nothing, deserving of nothing, and yet having received everything from the Lord by His grace, by His love, and by His blood even. Like, what do we do? What do we do with our lives? What choices do we make? And that, my friends, is what I call the plan of life. And you see, the takeaway message is that if you learn to construct your own plan of life, wherever it entails, in this context of gratitude and giftedness, you will never fall into the trap of the Pharisee in today's gospel. You will never be puffed up with pride. And you will never be lacking in humility. But instead, you will be constantly mindful that truly you were called to love others as Christ has loved you. And may God bless you all.